0: Hello, welcome to the podcast Psychiatry Talk. I'm Dr. Michael Bluenfield, the Sidney E. Frank Distinguished Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at New York Medical College and currently in private practice in Woodland Hills, Los Angeles, California. This podcast will examine various topics in psychiatry and mental health. This will include new interviews with experts in various areas as well as interviews I've recorded in the past. I will also personally discuss subjects that I've written about in my blog, psychiatrytalk.com, or on new topics. Your comments will always be welcome at mblumenfield at gmail.com. That's mblumenfield, B-L-U-M-E-N-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com. And now let's get going with today's podcast. Hello, this is Dr. Michael Bluenfield, and I'm going to discuss two psychiatric topics today, which often have a relationship to today's news cycle. The first is the definition of narcissistic personality, and the second is the so-called Goldwater Rule, which relates to the Code of Ethics of the American Psychiatric Association. The connection between these two topics is probably apparent to the listener of this blog, and that is that some people feel that psychiatrists and other mental health professionals should publicly speak out if they feel that a public figure such as the President of the United States has a psychological condition or a personality type which could be detrimental to the performance of his or her job. So first, let's talk about the... Narcissistic personality, or the pathological narcissism. I first became familiar with this condition uh, when I took a class with Otto Kernberg, and I believe it was in the in the 1970s, late 1970s, perhaps early 80s. Dr. Kernberg's description of the pathological narcissistic individual centered around a set of paradoxes. There's a self-inflation existing alongside a limitless need for praise, a charming and engaging surface covering a ruthless interior, and a persona of self-sufficiency defending against underlying feelings of intense envy. For Kernberg, the diagnosis of the narcissistic character also depends on the quality of the person's object relations, and the pattern of his or her intrapsychic defenses. He noted that narcissistic individuals experience their relationships with others as exploitive and parasitic. He noted that they divide the world between something they can extract and those who do not. They can be extraordinary people on one hand and with a sense of Greatness in themselves, uh, and yet uh, have great contempt for others, and uh, and he felt that, they, that this could be very problematic. Kernberg discussed the treatment uh, modality, uh, which involved uh, transference, and that's the relationship that develops between the therapist and the patient, and how that's how his his or her narcissism is acted out in the in the, in, the, uh, in the treatment setting. So that was, uh, that was at that time. And then subsequently, uh, the American Psychiatric Association developed its official diagnostic criteria. And I wanna go over the official, two, I guess it's 2013 diagnostic criteria for a narcissistic personality disorder. The official definition even has an official number, F60.81, formerly 301.81. And that is, narcissistic personality disorder is a perversive pattern of grandiosity in fantasy or behavior, a need for admiration, and lack of empathy beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts as indicated by five or more of the following. I'm going to give nine, nine set of criteria and according to the DSM nomenclature five of the following nine need to be met in order to be diagnosed as a narcissistic personality disorder. One, has a grandiose sense of self-importance. Examples exaggerates achievements and talents, expects to be recognized as superior without commensurate achievements. Two, is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Three, believes that he or she is, quote, special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high-status people or institutions. Four, requires excessive admiration. Five, has a sense of entitlement. Example, unreasonable expectations of especially favorable treatment or automatic compliance with his or her expectations. Six, is interpersonally exploitive. Example, takes advantage of others to achieve his or her own ends. Seven, lacks empathy, is unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others. Eight is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her. And nine shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes. And remember that five or more of those nine criteria are necessary in order to diagnose narcissistic personality disorder. All right, now let's, let's, move on to the second component of today's discussion, and that is the Goldwater Rule. Now, in 1964, Barry Goldwater was running for president against the incumbent Lyndon Johnson. A magazine by the name of Fact published an article titled The Unconscious of a Conservative, a Special Issue on the mind of Barry Goldwater. The magazine had polled psychiatrists about American Senator Barry Goldwater and whether he was mentally fit to be President of the United States. In response to this question, 2,417 out of 12,356 responded. So of those who responded, 657 said he was fit, and 1,189 said he was not. And 571 said they didn't know enough to answer the question. In response to the, to the survey, some of the comments that were made by the psychiatrist who responded were as follows. As reported in a recent article or two years ago by a blog by Jonathan Moreno. But here's some of the comments that psychiatrists made at that time. The presidency should not be used as a platform for proving one's manhood. This is referring to Goldwater. Inwardly, he is a frightened person who sees himself as weak and threatened by strong, virile power around him. Another comment was, Since his nomination, I find myself thinking of the early 30s. Someone else said, Unconsciously, he seems to want to destroy himself. He has a good start, for he has already destroyed the Republican Party. So, as a side point to this discussion, it was noted that uh, there had been a debate at the annual American Psychiatric Association whether Abraham Lincoln was a manic schizoid personality whose depressive mood stopped short of mental illness. And, the, and this particular article made the point that they didn't think that the analysis of the dead... Is, is, a, is a, they said the analysis of the dead is not a legal violation, but nevertheless it raised some questions. And it, the article also said that to analyze a living person without data is a bad practice, and it makes the, the analyst look foolish if the individual later behaves in a way that was not predicted. Now the editor of that article about Goldwater was Ralph Ginsburg, and he was sued for libel and he lost the case. And he had to pay Goldwater $75,000 in damages, which is approximately about a half a million dollars in today's money. Several years later, the American Psychiatric Association issued the edition, the first edition of the Principle of Medical Ethics, which is still in effect now, and I want to go over that with you and, and see how it, it relates to this, this important topic. So this now is the Code of Ethics of the American Psychiatric Association. This is Section 7 of it, and it says, A physician shall recognize a responsibility to participate in activities contributing to the improvement of the community and the betterment of public health. There are five points in this regard, and I wanna, I wanna particular focus on point three. And this is, again, the code of ethics of the American Psychiatric Association. On occasion, psychiatrists are asked for an opinion about an individual who is in the light of public attention or who has disclosed information about himself or herself through public media. In such circumstances, a psychiatrist may share with the public his or her expertise about psychiatric issues in general. However, it is unethical for a psychiatrist to offer a professional opinion unless he or she has conducted an examination and has been granted proper authorization for such a statement. In other words, according to the Code of Ethics, a psychiatrist should not publicly diagnose somebody who they have not examined and have not been given proper authorization for such a statement. So there's where the controversy goes. Some psychiatrists feel that it is their obligation to speak out and publicly diagnose a public figure if they feel that they have a personality type that is uh, is dangerous, and then there. This is in contradiction to the code of ethics. Now, if if somebody makes a violation of the code of ethics, there's a detailed procedure for filing an ethics complaint, and how such an ethics complaint would be uh, handled. There, in an article not too long ago in the uh, Journal of American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law, I guess it was about one year ago. The authors, who were Kroll and Puncey, concluded that while some third-party assessments are reckless, but they do not negate legitimate reasons for providing a thoughtful education to the public and voicing psychiatric concerns as acts of conscience. These two authors concluded that the Goldwater Rule was an excessive organizational response to what was clearly an inflammatory, embarrassing moment for American psychiatry. The counter view of this, which I tend to agree with, is that of uh, Paul, Dr. Paul Applebaum, who's the past president of the American Psychiatric Association and also past president of the American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law. And he, in, in an article in the same uh, journal, said as follows. Weighing the real harm that can arise from psychiatrists' comments on the diagnosis and personality traits of persons whom they've never examined against the likely inaccuracies and hence limited value of such endeavors to begin with, I am left with a conclusion that the Goldwater Rule remains a valuable component of the ethics of psychiatry. And he goes on to say that, Perhaps it should be modified so people can express their opinion about historical characters, such as Lincoln or things like that in the past. Now, as far as I know, there have been no sanctions by the American psychiatrist regarding the Goldwater Rule. And still, this is a topic that's being discussed and written about uh, in and outside the, within and outside the psychiatric profession. So I hope this discussion of, of this topic will clarify some issues for the public, and I'm sure people have various opinions about it, and uh, perhaps it could become uh, a future topic on this podcast. Thank you. This concludes today's podcast. Your comments are always welcome at mblumenfield at gmail.com. That's m b l u m e n f i e l d at gmail.com. This is Dr. Michael Bluenfield wishing you a pleasant day.